to have Steve Buss come and share with us this morning. I met Steve for the first time, I think it was 1926, <laughs> something in that area. Uh, I actually taught in a school that he and his wife were attending um, when I had black hair. And I am so, so grateful and appreciative of this man of God. How many of you have benefited from the things we talked about, like Project Hope and One Church One Day? And, well, this man is the head and the, the motivation behind it. He makes sure it happens. And it was his, his uh, burden. And years ago, he felt like the Lord was saying, reach out and get the pastors together. And I want to tell you what, that's not an easy task. But he's done an incredible job. I don't know any place that um, doesn't appreciate Steve Buss and his work in Lane County. We are so grateful to his, his unselfish, undying um, effort <laughs> to continue to bless this in this community. Our community, Lane County, is a better place because Steve Buss has been here and, and fought to see the churches come together in unity. Let's give a Christ-centered welcome to my dear friend and a man of God, Steve Buss. Good morning. Certainly a delight to be with you here this morning. Um, I, I, want to I, I just want to encourage you to begin with, uh, as the worship was ending and as we were praying for Tito and his wife, um, I, I really want to encourage you with, with this. I want to encourage you to invite people to come to church with you because people need to be loved, and if they come here, they're loved. I want to encourage you to invite people to come to church with you because when they come here, they will be loved and they will see love happening as A, the presence of God comes and as you interact with one another. And that is a very winsome thing to invite people to. So I want to give you encouragement and maybe even some boldness. Bring your neighbors, bring your friends. Bring people who are successful. Bring people who are hurting. Bring them to Christ Center on Sunday mornings and your other gatherings because they will see love. They will be loved if they come here, when they come here. How's that? So take that encouragement. I was just thinking of that here, just being with you, and, and that has been my experience every time that I've been here. So that's a blessing that the world needs, and you have got the grace to extend that invitation. Well, before we get to the message here this morning, I want to um, continue to bring you some good news. Anybody up for some more good news? I, I know I could use good news, and hopefully we all can use some good news here, but first part of the good news, I want to talk about one church one day. This is this prayer effort that I think you guys are very familiar with. Currently, we have 37 churches filling up 31 days every month 
I know every month doesn't have 31 days, okay? We have 37 churches who are designated to pray 31 days at least a month with 24-hour prayer. And you all are a part of those 37 congregations. So that's good news. But here's what I want to tell you. I think you, most of you are aware of, I'm sure Joshua and others have told you the good news about the answers to prayer that we're highlighting this month, the month of August. How many people know about the, 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 the Civic Stadium Fire answer to prayer? Do you guys know the answer? You, you don't know that testimony? Okay, then I'm going to tell you it. And then there's fresh testimony. There's testimonies coming in. Anyway. Praise the Lord. You know that Civic Stadium in Eugene burned down, right? Tragic fire, very difficult. We have one of the people who are on one of our strategic teams. So we pray into 10 areas. All the churches pray into 10 areas, okay? One of the areas is police and fire. For each of those areas, police and fire, education, business, so forth, we have teams. We have a team that meets once a month to discern what to pray for for that area. And those teams are made up of people who work in those areas. Okay? So the police and fire team that comes up with the prayer requests are made up of firemen and, and policemen. Following me? All right, good. Okay, so the, the, the deputy fire chief who's on that strategic team hadn't been able to make two of the meetings, May and June, because he was, he was too, too full, he was too busy. But he is the deputy fire chief, uh, and he has been in the department for 30 years. Well, we hadn't caught up a little bit, so I went to have coffee with him, and we sat down, and we got caught up, we, we talked about Jesus, we were encouraged, we reconnected, it was just he and I, it wasn't the team. And because he had missed two months, we hadn't talked very much, he said, at the very end of the meeting, he said, Steve. I need to tell you about what happened at the Civic Stadium fire. I said, okay. He said, in my 30 years of being on the fire department, I have never been a part of an incident that large that was fought perfectly. He said, Steve, the right people were in the right place at the right time. The, 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 the people who responded first, they made all the right decisions in setting up how to fight the fire. He said that in an incident of that large, there should have been several injuries. He said, Steve, there was not one injury. We even have a minor injury log, and there were no minor injuries. He said, Steve, this is completely unnatural. In fact, it's supernatural. And so I said, Joe, there's nothing like having hundreds of people pray for the fire department. And then he's like, oh, Steve, I didn't even make that correlation yet. And both of us got goosebumps like I have right now. It which made it even, the testimony even more pure because he had been gone, he'd been so busy, he was actually in charge of two departments, that's why, and his daughter got married. That's why I wasn't able to make the meeting, so we gave him grace. And, and here he was giving this testimony, not even connecting the two. And that, anyway, that was just a, a real encouragement to us. Then, a couple weeks ago, there was the fire at, uh, at the bowling alley. And the, and the very similar thing happened. He said, Steve, I couldn't believe how well that fire was, was fought. Him being the deputy chief, okay? Here's, do we have any firefighters in the room? Have any firefighters? Okay. As the, as the deputy chief, when there's a large fire, 
he goes and sit next, he sits next to the incident commander. The incident commander is the person who is in charge of fighting that fire. And, and he, as the deputy chief, sits next to him because he takes all the stuff that's coming to the incident commander and makes the call. The deputy chief does, so the incident commander can focus on fighting the fire. Makes sense, right? And so Joe, this firefighter who's on the strategic team, was the was that deputy chief. He is a deputy chief. He sat next to the incident commander, both at Civic and at the bowling alley fire. Well, the fire department has specs on all the buildings. So when they go to fight a fire, they know what they're dealing with inside the building. And when they were at the bowling alley, they saw that that building was built like in 1953. They knew the kind of materials that were in there, what the electrical was like. And they get in there, they, they get there as fast as they can. They try to hit the fire as hard as they can. They got personnel inside the building and that incident commander who was the same incident commander at Civic had the discipline and the sense and I'm going to say this the spirit of God helping him to understand and stick to the protocol after they'd been in there 15 minutes he looked at what kind of building it was he made the hard decision we're done fighting inside everybody out of the building a few minutes later, the building collapsed. And the, the, he said that that roof came down. It was like shrink wrap when it fell down. There wasn't like a quarter of an inch open for anyone to survive. Well, not only did that happen, but they fought the fire so well, the buildings next to it didn't receive damage except for water damage. So praise be to the Lord. He's hearing our... So your prayers, yes. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. So when you're praying for the fire department or when you're praying for the police department for the fifth month in a row and you're saying, God, protect our firemen, Lord, protect our policemen, God is hearing, those prayers matter. When you get to have your day of prayer, when Christ Center has its day of prayer a month, I want to continue to encourage you. Sign up with enthusiasm. Take your half-hour shift or your hour shift and run to God with joy because you get to come into his presence and you get to contend with hundreds of brothers and sisters asking for God to act all throughout these segments of our community that the finger of God, the kingdom of God is established and revealed all throughout Eugene, Springfield, Harrisburg, and Junction City. We want to see Jesus glorified more and more. So I want to exhort, especially you men, men sign up to pray. I would to love to see in every congregation, I'm sorry women, I, this is not a downplay on women at all, but I would in every congregation to see more men sign up to pray for an hour than women praying for an hour or a half hour or 15 minutes. However, men pray, men pray. God is good to us. We've got that privilege. Okay, here's another testimony. I can go on in testimonies, testimonies, testimonies. We prayed in the month of April that God, the healthcare team, decided to put up a prayer request that for Sacred Heart Hospital, the, the Peace, Health, Peace Health and Sacred Heart are the same company, okay? But that for Sacred Heart, that they would return to their mission. The mission of Sacred Heart Hospital begins like this, to carry on the healing mission of Jesus Christ. That's something we can agree with. Come on, right? 
And when I first came to this town in 1994, that mission statement was more prominent in the entryway of Sacred Heart Hospital. Well, now that mission statement has kind of dissipated and, and kind of disappeared. We prayed specifically that God would restore the preeminence of that mission statement in Sacred Heart. One of the doctors that's on the strategic team, he works high up in Peace Health. He also works in Salem governmentally over the state. He lives here in our community. And he's in those meetings. In the, and, and there's new leadership that's come in. That's something else we prayed about, the new leadership coming into Sacred Heart. And they've had these leader retreats. And the new leader has decided that the mission statement will be what we base everything off of. So they have, they gone into small groups, they're making new decisions based on the mission statement. Not only that, they have ordered that the mission statement be placed back on the letterhead and in places of prominence in not just Sacred Heart, but in all their hospitals. So praise be to God. I was on, on another answer to prayer. I was with a city official um, this week, and last week this city official, um, let's call him a community official, um, we're always praying for the police department, but specifically asked for specific prayer for the Eugene chief of police. And so, and that specific prayer was for wisdom. This, this community official's prayer was for wisdom for the chief of police, and that Jesus would be revealed. That's a pretty good prayer request for a city official, for our, our police department. And so we prayed, we prayed. People are praying overall for that relationship. We had several people pray specifically. City official comes and says this, the prayer's working. The prayer's working. So that's just a good word, okay? So I could, I could share more testimony. I know there's been answers to prayer as churches pray individually for requests that are going on in their congregation, but praise be to God. God is hearing and God is answering. So thank you for being a part of one church one day. I think Jesus likes it. Amen. And you know what? The people who don't know Jesus, they like it. And they're going to know him because God's going to continue to move on behalf of the answers to your requests. All right, one little Project Hope encouragement. Project Hope. We're got, we have about 40 congregations participating in Project Hope. Up here in Junction City, you're doing it in a unique way. Okay, so Project Hope's usually two days. First day, go work on the school buildings, get them ready for school. Second day, give away backpacks, school supplies, and new shoes. You guys have the wherewithal, and it's not just Christ Center. There's a few other participating churches in Junction City. I know Willamette's one of them, and I think there's more, okay? So you're teaming up. But you, he, just here in Junction City, there's 150 backpacks filled with school supplies and shoes. And so when you do that, like, like Doug said, the staff the administration, and the teachers in the local school districts get touched, get connected to, because who loves them? Jesus does, and so do we. Not only that, but then we give away backpacks, school supplies, and shoes, and we touch these families. Not only the kiddos, but moms and dads who get new shoes, 
and the moms and dads don't get new shoes. The kids get new shoes, and it just warms the hearts of the parents. And so just really want to encourage you to jump into Project Hope because of your faithfulness and giving, and, and we're still in a place of need. But in 2013, we gave away 2,000 backpacks and school supplies. Last year, we gave 2,500 backpacks and school supplies and shoes away. This year, we've ordered 3,000 backpacks and school supplies. And two, praise the Lord. So that by the grace of God, we're able, in two years' time, we're able to reach 1,000 more kids with backpacks, school supplies, and shoes. So would encourage you to pray for Project Hope, jump in and serve. It'll be good to you. You'll have a blast doing it together. Jesus will be glorified and people will be loved on. Okay, well, I can encourage more, but I probably should preach a little bit so that the Word of God, the living and active Word, gets into our hearts more and more. And um, so I'm going to spend a few minutes today talking about something that we've already engaged in this morning, and that is praise. I want to talk about praise, and praise specifically for a few moments. In our lives... As Christians, as Jesus followers, we get this tremendous invitation to feast in worship, praise, and thanksgiving to God. To feast. Not just to have samples, not just to go to Safeway or Albertsons and get, get a little sample, but to feast. And, and not only to have like a little appetizer, but to have an appetizer, a salad, soup, main course, dessert. We get all these different ways that we get to participate in the feast of praise and worship in our adoration and our expressions of honor back to God. And here at Christ Center... I've always found a very demonstrative expression of praise, of praise and worship. And so I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but we all can grow and be encouraged in the way that the scripture calls us to interact in praise to God. Now, I'm going to connect this first of all to our prayers. In James, we're going to turn to other scripture here, but in James 5, it says, the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. Or the fervent, the King James says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The fervency, where does the fervency come from? Sometimes fervency can come from desperation. Sometimes fervency can come based on the character and presence of God. And that kind of fervency, and all fervency in this context I believe is good, but the fervency that comes from the character and presence of God will carry the day in your prayer. Let me say that again. The fervency that comes from the character and presence of God will carry the day in your prayers. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It accomplishes much. Or, it says in the NIV, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 
You want to pray powerful and effective prayers? I do. I want to see God work wonders as I interact with him. But it's God who's doing it, not us, but he gives us that wonderful place of prayer. But praise and worship are an essential part of us getting our hearts to that place where the character and presence of God carries the day in whatever we pray. Because we're riding on, or God's riding on, and we're in the midst of his presence. We're focused on who God is, and that gives us strength and faith to pray whatever, as Jesus exhorts us so many times. You know, Jesus exhorts us to whatever. Whatever is a good word. Jesus says, whatever you ask, if you remain in me and I remain in you, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Up until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive. So we've got this great invitation, but praise and worship plays a great role in that. So I'm gonna look, we're going to look at a little bit of a word study here today for a few minutes. We're going to look at a few Hebrew words for praise that will encourage us in our relationship with God in worship. The first word that you're probably familiar with, the first Hebrew word that is found all through the book of Psalms. It's also found elsewhere in the New Testament. It's, it's a word that's an international word, even though it's Hebrew. Whatever uh, language you go to, I guess there's probably some lesser known language that, haven't, that don't know this word, but whatever language you go to, the word hallelujah is known for praise the Lord. And hallelujah comes from the word hallel, Yah, Yah for Yahweh, and Hallel. The word Hallel means to boast, to rave, to acclaim. The word Hallel means to shine forth, like shining like a celestial being, that there's light shining forth. Hallel also means to be foolish. Hallel. And we get our word hallelujah from it. Now, hallelujah is a command. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is a command. It's a command that flows from a desire to give God glory. Now, the, the book of Psalms is filled with hallels. It's filled with hallels. And we get to hallel God. Now, in life, we are made, humans are made to boast, to rave, and to acclaim over something. We have an innate desire to praise in that fashion, to boast about something. And we are called, as Christ followers, to be those who boast in the Lord. Let him who boasts, boast in the... We're going to boast about God. And so our praise should be about boasting. Boasting is not good, normatively. Boasting about the Lord is awesome. Boasting about God is what we're called to. Can you be clamorously foolish in your boast of God? Can you be? I know duck fans are about the ducks, right? And beaver fans are 
about the beavers, right? They get clamorously foolish on their boast about football, Abs- right? I mean, Marcus Mariota wins the Heisman Trophy, okay? People got clamorously foolish cheering for, raving about, boasting about the Oregon Ducks under his leadership. That was a fun ride last year. And I enjoyed shouting just as much as the next football fan. But that's what we're talking about with the word Hallel. So people of Christ Center, young and old alike, you have an invitation to be clamorously foolish. You have an invitation to boast about the greatness of God. And it is 100% biblical to do that. That's where hallelujah comes from. Praise the Lord. Praise Yahweh. Yah. Yahweh comes that the first instance of seeing the word Yah or Yahweh in the Old Testament is Moses at the burning bush when God reveals himself is I am who I am. We are boasting about the great I am. We are boasting about the one. Another way to think about I am that I am is I will be what I will be. God's always going to be existent. We are boasting about Yahweh. We are putting him in the highest place. And we get to do that. I just love the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God gets to be like. See, we get, we get this feast of praise. All throughout the book of Psalms, there, uh, this command to praise the Lord with halals, there's a whole section, Psalm 113 through 118 is, is the halal section. It's, it's, uh, it's reviewed and, and utilized during the Passover feast. And you cannot just read the word hallelujah as a, a known teacher said with a seminary voice. It's like disallowed. Hallelujah to the Lord. No, that is not boasting. You know what happens in a football stadium is halleling. Truth be told, that is the clearest, most accurate example of what halal is. Yeah! Woohoo! Yeah, right on! And let me tell you something. I am a football fan. I am. But I'm telling you what, every sin of mine has been forgiven. I have been brought back into sonship with God. I am going to live forever. I know someone who's been raised from the dead and his spirit came inside of mine. I can go nuts about that. Yeah, let's go. Woo! We can boast. Yeah. Wait a minute. And Jesus didn't stop at the resurrection. He ascended to the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. He's, he's at the right hand of God. Right, he's at the right hand of God right now. And he's ever living to make intercession. He's not praying a prayer for you. He's living there that he's making intercession for you and for I. And guess what? He is coming again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Now, for those of you who are just getting warmed up and going, mm, and your mouths are closed, okay, I want to encourage you. 
I want to encourage you, okay? No condemnation here. This is a condemnation-free zone. Everyone is free to grow in the place of praise. We all come from different backgrounds. And for those churches, my job, right? One hope, bring Jesus' people together. As churches and as people of God, people are going to have different traditions. They're going to have different personality makeup. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to offer God silent praise or kind of loud praise. It's okay, okay? <laughs> That's all right. Because we, we, Jesus, like with me, thank God, takes us where we're at. But he wants us to grow. It's something to be cultivated. It's something to be developed. Hallel is clear in the scripture. It is not apart from emotion. But praise doesn't have, doesn't have to be emotional, but it's connected to that kind of celebration. <sighs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm just going to read out of Psalm 113. This is, this is mostly Hallel's. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be halleled, is to be praised. Man, that's from the place where it rises to the place where it sets. All nations, come on, there's halal happening. The name of the Lord is to be halal. The Lord is exalted over the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? You and I get to boast about God. He's very boastable. He's very boastable. So enjoy your boasting. Take your boasting home. Take your boasting home. Please take your boasting home, even if you silently boast about God. You know, some of us wake up early in the morning and hang out with God before the day begins, and, and if I were to get on the drum set and start screaming, I, my family would not appreciate it. So you can boast silently. You can even be fervent in prayer silently, but boast about God. Because listen to me, that's the truth. The truth is, no one is worthy of higher praise. And every human being has a boast in them. So let's boast about God. Let's boast about God. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Okay, the next word we're going to take a peek at here is the word yada. Yada. If you want to spell it, it's Y-A-D-A-H. Y-A-D-A-H. Sometimes this word yada is translated praise. Sometimes it's translated give thanks. Sometimes it's translated as confess. But mostly praise and thanksgiving. Okay, when I yada God, I confess or I say the same thing as what God says about himself. Whenever I confess something, biblically, I'm saying the same thing as I'm agreeing with the Word of God as to who God is. And that's very important for us in praise, and it's very important for us as people. Because we, I, I, I love a, a YWAM teacher who says, who's, I, I've heard him say it the most, even though it might not have come from him originally, and he says this, the most important thing about you is what you think about God. The most important thing about you 
is what you think about God. And praising God accurately, saying the same thing as God about, as the word of God about God, helps us to think rightly about God. And what a fun way to do it. Like we just read, he is the most high. He sits enthroned above the great circle of the earth. And so when we yada, we are praising him, we are thanking him, and we are saying the same thing as him, and it aligns our thinking process rightly. Because it is important what we think about God. No matter the circumstance we get in, we need to think because the world tells us everything that God isn't and God isn't there. But what is true is God is the most high and he is worthy to be praised. Now this word yada has this meaning directly connected to it. It also means to stretch forth the hands, to confess with outstretched hands. Confess God with the raising of hands. So here is this direct physical expression of raised hands in praise and thanksgiving to God directly connected to the word. Now, it is kind of is a universal body language deal, isn't it? That when something gets praised, the hands go up. We know it is in football, right? We know it is in sporting events, but all around the world, if something's, if something's great, if something is being praised, somehow a hand goes up or two, hand go, two hands go up. Well, this comes directly from this word, yada. Psalm 9, I will praise, I will yada you, O Lord, with all my heart, heart, my will, my emotion, my intellect, everything that I am, all that I am is going to yada you, O Lord. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise, which is another word, zamar. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. We get to live in this kind of expression back to God. And so let's take all of this feast and enjoy it because he wants to provide for us. In Second Chronicles 20, when the Levites went out, under Hezekiah's leadership, when the Levites went out to praise the Lord, they yadah the Lord. So they most definitely had their hands lifted up as they were praising the Lord ahead of the battle. Let's just go on to the third word. The third word is todah. We just did yadah, and now we're heading to todah. Todah is translated also thanksgiving. Todah is also translated extension of hands. But Todah is used very uniquely in the peace or thanksgiving offering that's found in Leviticus 7. And oftentimes, you've heard of vows being made in difficult times of trouble, right? That's one of the ways I came into the kingdom when I was a little boy. 11 years old, some of you heard this story before, bears came into our campground when I was a Cub Scout in the middle of the night, and I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was freaked, and so I prayed, and 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 I made a vow to God that if he got us out of this one, I would pray every night. 
So this is a kind of a peace offering or thank offering. Oftentimes when people were in trouble, not, not exclusively, but oftentimes when there was a difficult circumstances, people would make a peace offering or a fellowship offering or a thanksgiving offering. They're, all, they're called different things, but this peace offering was made in that difficulty and it was connected to a vow that they would make this vow and praise the Lord in the midst of the difficulty And the vow was when God delivered them, they would go to the temple and bring a thank offering or a peace offering back to the Lord. So that is the Todah. And back to waving again. When they would bring this thanksgiving offering, when they would go to the temple, you know what they would do with it? Hands go up. It's a wave offering. It's a wave offering to the Lord. So we have this expression of praise and thanksgiving in the yada and the toda with the lifting of hands. Here in Psalm 100 is your typical thank offering song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know the Lord that he is God, that it is he who has made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, even here in this psalm, there are many words in Psalm 100 in verse 4 that are being used for praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, that's todah. Enter his courts with praise, that's the word I'm going to talk about in a moment, tehillah. Be thankful, yada, unto him, and bless him, barak. So, we're not going to go into all of the details of this, but we want to be able to bless the Lord. We want to be able to hallel the Lord. We want to be able to yada and toda. We want to bring that thanksgiving with a full heart unto God as we worship him. As we start our worship, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. I'm going to close with one more thought, one more word. And there are several more Hebrew words. Most of them aren't as mentioned as the ones that I've covered already. But I want to bring up this word tehillah, tehillah. That sounds a little bit like tequila, but uh, it's far from tequila. Um, It comes up uh, many times. In Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, You, yet you are holy. You who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. The Revised Standard says, You are holy, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. That's the Tehillah. Now, the Tehillah is unique. You can take Tehillahs and you can Hallel Tehillahs, okay? That kind of sounds funny, I understand. But this word Tehillah, this kind of praise, is in unrehearsed singing, an an unrehearsed praise, a spontaneous song, if you will, a new song. In Revelation chapter 5, there's always a new song, always a new song. It's unrehearsed because God is so great, and that song just flows out of the worshipers. This word tehillah comes with an encouragement to all of us that we would surrender completely to the Spirit of God and allow for that new song to come from us. 
It's our spirit, whether you're singing in tongues or whether it's in English with your understanding, that we are opening our hearts and we are singing an unrehearsed or we are giving an unrehearsed praise back to God. We are tehillah. And that's the kind of praise where God inhabits. He inhabits that kind of praise. He's enthroned in that kind of praise, in the tehillah. I want to read this quote from Jack Hayford. And uh, it talks about tehillah here, but it talks about this concept. So this is Jack Hayford, quote, The Psalms were the praise hymnal of the early church. They are full of principles that are fully applicable for New Testament living. Few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. I'm going to say that again. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. The verb enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, he is ready to manifest his kingdom's power in the way most appropriate to the situation, and his rule is invited into our setting. God awaits the prayerful and praise-filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come in human circumstances. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises or enthroned in the praises. In the Tehillah, as we sing that song to God, God is enthroned there. His kingdom comes. His manifest presence comes into that situation. And so we want to be able to be the believers that can open up our souls and sing that new, unrehearsed song unto God. So I would encourage you, as you come on Sunday mornings, or better yet, in your cars. Cars are a great little sanctuary for praise and worship, right? Because you can crank it up and you can go berserk in there most of the time. Or in your homes, when everyone's still not sleeping, preferably, that you can be free to yada, toda, halel, tehillah, you can be free in your expressions of God. And as we enter into this kind of praise, it gives us such a breadth and a depth to enjoy the praises and worship of God. We are a blessed people. This is how the kingdom works. What a cool kingdom to live in. This is, this is the way God set it up for us to worship him. We get the delight to interact with our bodies and our voices and with music. And when we do it, he likes it. He shows up. He reveals himself. He gives us strength. So when we go to prayer, we can pray from that place of knowing him. We're thinking accurately of him. His presence has invaded our souls, and so we can pray in faith. Why? Because we're asking him who's here to do what only he can do. But he's here, right? We're thinking accurately. He's present. Now we can ask, and he's going to pull it off because of his greatness, and it's to his glory. All right, I'm about to pray. But I have to end with this one thought. There's a lot that we can praise him for. We can pray, praise him for his character. He's the great I am. He is the good shepherd. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is our banner of victory. 
He is the Lord who heals. He is the Most High. He is the I am. We can praise him for who he is, and there's a lot about who he is, a lot of attributes about who he is. And we can go on and on. We can praise him for who he is. We can praise him for what he's done, what he's done for us personally. We can praise him for what he's done in creation, the highest heaven. We can praise him. You know, a few months ago, scientists, scientists are finding new creatures on the planet all the time. A few months ago, they found this creature that lives miles and miles and miles and miles and miles below ice, in between the ice and the floor, like up by the North Pole. Okay? You can praise him that that thing's been there and he created it. So you can praise him for things. But I want to close with this thought. We can praise him for who he is. We can praise him for what he's done for us. We can praise him for what, what he's created. We can praise him for his word. We can praise him for a lot of things, but we can also praise him for his great love towards us. Not only his great love, but we can praise him for his great love towards us. Psalm 117 has two verses. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We've got so much to be thankful for, so much to be full of greatness and grateful for back to God and who he is and what he's done and what he wants to do. So let's be a people of praise. Let's be a people who enjoy him, who think rightly for him and experience his presence. That's the kind of life I want to live and he invites us all into. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for revealing yourself to us through your word, through your spirit. Thank you, God, for inviting us into this place of praise. And I'm asking that you would help all of us to boast about you, to lift our hands, to give you glory, to give you thanks. God, would you put it on our hearts that throughout our week, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, whether we're in our cars, whether we're at church, God, that we would be praising you with a whole heart. Lord, help us to grow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it? Bless God. Bless God. You know, I